0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The World of Percy Jackson. In this episode we're going to read chapters 68 to 72. And in the previous episode we read chapters 66 to 67. And this is the moment where we got we are where we're where we are finally seeing Frank being able to shine. Uh we've seen a lot of stories with these demigods and their feelings that as if they're not good enough for the rest of the group. And we've seen their character developments and as they continue to develop As as they move on with this quest as a whole, this is definitely helping them also build their confidence within themselves and their confidence within the team overall. And we can start seeing this with Frank as well as he is now starting to lead the group as they are traveling underground. And we last left off on Frank helping Jason, Piper, and Nico fight off the monsters while Hazel and Leo go and find a way out, potentially. So now we're going to read chapter 68, Frank. Frank didn't notice that he was glowing. Later, Jason told him that the blessing of Mars had shrouded him in red light, like it had in Venice. Javelins couldn't touch him rocks somehow got deflected even with an arrow sticking off out of his left biceps frank had never felt so full of energy the first cyclops he went went down so quickly it was almost a joke frank sliced him in half from shoulder to waist the big guy exploded into dust the next cyclops backed up nervously so frank cut his legs out from under him and sent him into the pit the remaining monsters on their side of the chasm tried to retreat but the legion cut them down Tetsudo formation Frank shouted, "Single file, advance!" Frank was the first one across the bridge. The dead followed, their shields locked on either side and over their heads, deflecting all attacks. As the last of the zombies crossed, the stone bridge crumbled into the darkness, but by then it didn't matter. Nico kept kept summoning more legionaries to join the fight. Over the history of the empire, thousands of Romans had served and died in Greece. Now they were back, answering the call of Diocletian's scepter. Frank waited forward, destroying everything in his path. I will burn you! A telkine squeaked, desperately waving a vial of greek fire. I have fire! Frank took him down. As the vial dropped toward the ground, Frank kicked it over the cliff before it could explode. And impusa raked her claws across Frank's chest, but Frank felt nothing. He sliced the demon into dust and kept moving. Pain was unimportant. Failure was unthinkable. He was a leader of the Legion now, doing what he was born to do, fighting the enemies of Rome, upholding its legacy, protecting the lives of his friends and comrades. He was Praetor Frank Zang. His forces swept the enemy away, breaking their every attempt to regroup. Jason and Piper fought at his side, yelling defiantly. Nico waded through the last group of Earthborn, slashing them into the mounds of wet clay with his black Stygian sword. Before Frank knew it, the battle was over. Piper chopped through the last Impusa. It was vaporized with an anguished wail. "'Frank,' Jason said. "'You're on fire.' He looked down. A few drops of oil must have splattered on his pants, because they were starting to smolder. Frank batted at them until they stopped smoking, but he wasn't particularly worried. Thanks to Leo, he no longer had to fear fire. Nico cleared his throat. <clears> throat> uh, "'You also have an arrow sticking through your arm.' "'I know.' Frank snapped off the point of the arrow and pulled off the shaft by the tail. He felt only a warm, tugging sensation. I'll be fine. Piper made him eat a piece of ambrosia. As she bandaged his wound, He sa- she said, Frank, you were amazing. Completely terrifying, but amazing. Frank had trouble processing her words. Terrifying couldn't apply to him. He was just... Frank. His adrenaline drained away. He looked around him, wondering where all the enemies had gone. The only monsters left were his own undead Romans standing in a stupor with their weapons lowered. Nico held up his scepter, its orb dark and dormant. The dead won't stay much longer now that the battle is over. Frank phrased his troops. Legion! The zombie soldier snapped to attention. You fought well, Frank told him. Now you may rest. Dismissed. They crumbled into piles of bones, armor, shields, and weapons. Then even those disintegrated. Frank felt as if he might crumble too. Despite the ambrosia, his wounded arm began to throb. His eyes were heavy with exhaustion. The blessing of Mars faded, leaving him depleted. But his work wasn't done yet. Hazel and Leo, he said, we need to find them. His friends peered across the chasm at the, other, at the other end of the cavern. The tunnel Hazel and Leo had entered was buried under tons of rubble. We can't go that way, Nico said. Maybe. Suddenly, he staggered. He would have fallen if Jason had caught him. Nico, Piper said. What is it? The doors, Nico said. Something's happening. Percy and Annabeth, we need to go now. But How? Jason said, that tunnel is gone. Frank clenched his jaw. He hadn't come this far to stand around helplessly while his friends were in trouble. It won't be fun, he said. But there's another way. That's the end of chapter 68. We can definitely see the change in Frank's demeanor now. And I think that it's going to be definitely much more interesting to see how Frank is going to help out with the rest of this group now, now that he's able to believe in his own abilities and he's able to help out the rest of the team. And I think that that was a very important character development for him, for not just him, but for the team as well, because now everyone has their morale boosted a little bit from that fight. Um, There is still that sense of urgency, uh, of course, with trying to save Percy and Annabeth from uh, Tartarus and opening the doors of death. But I think that overall, this group has, it was originally in shambles, if I do say so myself, with a lot of um, animosity and awkwardness between everybody. But I think that with all of these challenges that everyone has faced, it definitely has brought them closer together, including Percy and Annabeth, who, aren't, who, aren't, who, haven't, uh, who are stuck in Tartarus this entire time. They grew closer as well, not just to each other, but to the team as well. So now we're going to read Chapter 69, and then we'll go for a short break. And my bad, I may have miscalculated. It's Chapter 68 to Chapter 71, not 72. My mistake. Um, So now we're going to read Chapter 69, Annabeth. Getting killed by Tartarus didn't seem like much of an honor. As Annabeth stared up at his dark whirlpool face, she decided she'd rather die in some less memorable way, maybe falling down the stairs or going peacefully in her sleep at age 80 after a nice, quiet life with Percy. Yes, that sounded good. It wasn't the first time Annabeth had faced an enemy she couldn't defeat by force. Normally, this would have been her cue to stall for some time with some clever Athena-like chit-chat. Except her voice wouldn't work. She couldn't even close her mouth, for all she knew, she was drooling as badly as Percy did when he slept. And She was dimly aware of the army of monsters swirling around her, but after their initial roar of triumph... The horde had fallen silent. Annabeth and Percy should have been ripped to pieces by now. Instead, the monsters kept their distance, waiting for Tartarus to act. The god of the pit flexed his fingers, examining his own polished black talons. He had no expression, but he straightened his shoulders as if he were pleased. "'It is good to have form,' he intoned. "'With these hands I can eviscerate you.'" His voice sounded like a backward recording as if the words were being sucked into the vortex of his face rather than projected in fact everything seemed to be drawn toward the face of this god the dim light the poisonous clouds the essence of the monsters even annabeth's own la- fragile life force she looked around and realized that every object on this vast plane had grown a vaporous comet's tail all pointing towards tartarus Anubis knew she should say something, but her instincts told her to hide, to avoid doing anything that would draw the god's attention. Besides, what could she get? What what could she say? You won't get away with this. That wasn't true. She and Percy had only survived this long because Tartarus was savoring his new form. He wanted the pleasure of physically ripping them to pieces. If Tartarus wished, Anubis had no doubt he could devour her existence with a single thought as easily as he'd vaporized Hyperion and Creos. Would there be any rebirth from that? Annabeth didn't want to find out. Next to her, Percy did something she'd never seen him do. He dropped his sword, just fell out of his hand and hit the ground with a thud. Death mist no longer shrouded his face, but he still had the complexion of a corpse. Tartarus hissed again, possibly laughing. Your fear smells wonderful, said the god. I see the appeal of having a physical body with so many senses. Perhaps my beloved Gaia is right, wishing to wake from her slumber. He stretched out his massive purple hand and might have plucked up Percy like a weed, but Bob interrupted. Begone! The titan leveled his spear at the god. You have no right to meddle! Meddle! Tartarus turned. I am the Lord of all creatures of the darkness, puny Iapetus. I can do as I please. His black cyclone face spun faster. This howling sound was so horrible, Annabeth fell to her knees and clutched her ears. Bob stumbled, the wispy comet tail of his life force growing longer as it was sucked toward the face of the god. Bob roared in defiance. He charged and thrust his spear at Tartarus's chest. Before it could connect, Tartarus swatted Bob aside like he was a pesky, pesky insect. The Titan went sprawling. Why do you not disintegrate? Tartarus mused. You are nothing. You are even weaker than Kreos and Hyperion. I? I am Bob, said Bob. Tartarus hissed. What is that? What is Bob? I choose to be more than Iapetus, said the titan. You do not control me. I am not like my brothers. The collar of his cover was bul- Small Bob leaped out. The kitten landed on the ground in front of his master, then arched his back and hissed at the Lord of the Abyss. As Annabeth watched, Small Bob began to grow, his form flickering until the little kitten had become a full sized translucent Skeletal saber-toothed tiger. Also, Bob announced, "I have a good cat." No longer small, Bob sprang at Tartarus, sinking his claws into Tartarus's thigh. The tiger scrambled up his leg, straight under the god's chain-link shirt. Tartarus stomped and howled, apparently no longer enamored with having a physical form. Meanwhile, Bob thrust his spear into the god's side, right below his breastplate. Tartarus roared. He swatted at Bob, but the titan backed out of reach. Bob thrust out his fingers, his spear yanked itself free of the god's flesh, and flew back to Bob's hand, which made Annabeth gulp in amazement. She never seen a broom could have been so many useful features. Small Bob dropped out of Tartarus' skirt. He ran to his master's side, his saber-toothed fangs dripping with golden ichor. You will die first, Diapetus, Tartarus decided. Afterward, I will add your soul to my armor while it will slowly dissolve over and over in eternal agony. Tartarus pounded his fist against his breastplate. Milky faces swirled in the metal, silently screaming to get out. Bob turned toward Percy and Annabeth. The Titan grinned, which probably would not have been Annabeth's reaction to a threat of eternal agony. Take the doors, Bob said. I will deal with Tartarus. Tartarus threw back his head and bellowed, creating a vacuum so strong that the nearest flying demons were pulled into his vortex and face and shredded. Deal with me? The god mocked. You are only a titan, a lesser child of Gaia. I will make you suffer for your arrogance and for for your tiny mortal friends. Tartarus swept his hand toward the monster army, beckoning them forward. Destroy them! And that's the end of chapter 69. Well, it's definitely going to be a very fascinating chapter to see how they're going to escape this monster army with Iapetus also battling Tartarus. And I think a strong I, a strong part of me really wants Iapetus to be Tartarus. And then there's also the practical side that is also wondering what if Iapetus doesn't make it. But there's always hope in everything. So I'm definitely hoping that Iapetus will be able to make it. And along with small Bob the cat or Bob the saber-toothed tiger, (laughs) in a way. But I hope that both of them are able to make it as well while battling Tartarus. And obviously, Annabeth and Percy are... I really hope those four people yes bob the cat is also a person now <laughs> i really hope they all just are able to survive and retire together in new rome i think they've been through a lot and they really do deserve a break <laughs> but yeah uh after we uh, come back for a short break we'll finish this off with chapter 70 and chapter 71 and move on to the q a session so see you then And we're back from the ads, and now we're going to read chapter 70. Annabeth, destroy them. Annabeth had heard those words often enough that they shocked her out of her paralysis. She raised her sword and yelled, Percy! He snatched up Riptide. Annabeth dove for the chains, holding the doors of death. Her dracon bone blade cut through the left side, moorings in a single swipe. Meanwhile, Percy drove the back the first wave of monsters. He stabbed in a and yelled, GAH! Stupid curses. Then he sighted down a half dozen telkynes. Annabeth lunged behind him and sliced through the chains on the other side. The door shuttered, then opened with a pleasant ding. Bob and Sabertooth Tiger continued to weave around Tartarus' legs, attacking and dodging to stay out of his clutches. They didn't seem to be doing much damage, but Tartarus lurched around, obviously not used to fighting in a humanoid body. He swiped and missed. Swiped and missed. <laughs> More monsters surged through the doors. A spear flew past Annabeth's head. She turned and stabbed an Empusa through the gut, then dove for the doors as they started to close. She kept them open with her foot as she fought, at least with her back to the elevator car. She didn't have to worry about attacks from behind. Percy, get over here, she yelled. He joined her in the doorway, his face dripping with sweat and blood from several cuts. You okay, she asked. He nodded. Got some kind of pain curse from that awry. He hacked a Griffin out of the air. Hurts, but it won't kill me. Get in the elevator, I'll hold the button. Yeah, right! She smacked a carniv- 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 carnivorous sword, a horse in the snout with the butt of her sword and sent the monster stampeding through the crowd. You promised, Seaweed Brain, we would not get separated ever again. You're impossible. Love you too! An entire phalanx of Cyclops charged forward knocking smaller monsters out of the way. Annabes figured she was about to die. It had to be Cyclops, she grumbled. Percy gave a battle cry. At the Cyclops' feet, a red vein in the ground burst open, spraying the monsters with liquid fire from the phlegathon. The fire mo- water might have healed mortals, but it didn't do the Cyclops any favor. They combusted in a tidal wave of heat. The burst vein sealed itself, but nothing remained of the monster except a ro- row of scorch marks. Annabeth, you have to go, Percy said. We can't both stay. No, she cried. Duck. He didn't ask why. He crouched and Annabeth vaulted over him, bringing her sword down on the heavy o- head of a heavily tattooed ogre. She and Percy stood so- shoulder to shoulder in the doorway, waiting for the next wave. The exploding vein had given the monsters pause, but it wouldn't be long before they remembered. Hey, wait. There's 75 gazillion of us, and only two of them. Well then, Percy said, you have a better idea? Annabeth wished she did. The doors of death stood right behind them, their exit from this nightmarish world. But they couldn't use the doors without someone manning the controls for 12 long minutes. If they stepped inside and let the doors close without someone holding the button, Annabeth didn't think the results would be healthy. And if they stepped away from the doors for any reason, she imagined the elevator would close... And disappear without them. The situation was so pathetically sad, it was almost funny. The crowd of monsters inched forward, snarling and gathering their courage. Meanwhile, Bob's attacks were getting slower. Tartarus was learning to control his new body. Saber-toothed Small Bob lunged at the god, but Tartarus smacked the cat sideways. Bob charged, bellowing with rage, but Tartarus grabbed his spear and yanked it out of his hands. He kicked Bob downhill, knocking over a row of telkines, like sea mammal bowling pins. Yield, Tartarus thundered. I will not, Bob said. You are not my master. Die in defiance then, said the god of the pit. Your titans are nothing to me. My children, the giants, are always better, stronger, and more vicious. They will make the upper world as dark as my realm. Tartarus snapped the spear in half. Bob wailed in agony. Sabretooth, small Bob leaped to his aid, snarling at Tartarus and baring his fangs. The Titan struggled to rise, but Annabeth knew it was over. Even the monsters turned to watch, as a sensing that their master, Tartarus, was about to take the spotlight. The death of a Titan was worth seeing. Percy gripped Annabeth's hand. "Stay here. I've got to help him." Percy. "You can't," she croaked. "Tartarus can't be fought." Not by us. She knew she was right. Tartarus was in a class by himself. He was more powerful than the gods or Titans. Demigods were nothing to him. If Percy charged to help Bob, he would get squashed like an ant. But Annabeth also knew that Percy wouldn't listen. He couldn't leave Bob to die alone. That just wasn't him. And that was one of the many reasons she loved him. Even if he was an Olympian-sized pain in the Podex. We'll go together, Annabeth decided. Knowing this would be their final battle, if they stepped away from the doors, they would never leave Tartars. At least they would die fighting side by side. She was about to say now. A ripple of alarm passed through the army. In the distance, Annabeth heard shrieks, screams, and a persistent boom, boom, boom. Those was too fast to be the heartbeat in the ground. More like something large and heavy, Running at full speed, an earthborn spun into the air as if he'd been tossed. A plume of bright green gas billowed across the top of the monstrous horde, like the spray from a poisoned riot hose. Everything in his path dissolved. Across the swath of sizzling, newly empty ground, Annabeth saw the cause of the commotion. She started to grin. The Maonian dragon spread its frilled collar and hissed its poison breath filling the battlefield with the smell of pine and ginger. It shifted its hundred-foot-long body, flicking its dappled green tail and wiping out a battalion of ogres. Riding on its back was a red-skinned giant with flowers in his rust-colored braids, a jerkin of green leather, and a dracon rib lance in his hand. "'Thomason!' Hanabeth cried. The giant inclined his head. "'Hanabeth, chase!' I took your advice. I chose myself a new fate. And that is the end of chapter 70. Wow. Now that is what we call a surprise. It was it was slightly there to be expected, I think, um that Dominican would later come, but at the same time, you know with this you know with Annabeth and Percy losing hope and everything you just kind of get lost in that moment that you just forget that Domison even existed in the first place even though he was there a few chapters ago but this this is going to be great I think that this they will find they will I think Domison is going to be the help that they will need and with that Drake on I think that he's going to be able to just like at least buy some time is what what I would probably say uh, maybe not defeat all 75 gajillion giants, but I think there's a strong chance he'll be able to spare those 12 minutes and break the doors of death and be able to accomplish what they have been able to do. So, yes, that is the end of Chapter 70, and we will now read Chapter 71 to finish out this episode and see what Domison does. Chapter 71, Annabeth. "'What is this?' the god of the pit hissed. "'Why have you come, my disgraced son?' Domison glanced at Annabeth, a clear message in his eyes. "'Go. Now.' He turned toward Tartarus. The Maonian dragon stamped its feet and snarled. "'Father, you wished for a more worthy opponent,' Domison asked calmly. "'I am one of the giants you are so proud of. "'You wished for me to be more warlike.' Perhaps I will start by destroying you. Damason leveled his lance and charged. The monstrous army swarmed him, but the Mayonian dracon flattened everything in its path, sweeping its tail and spraying poison while Domison jabbed at Tartarus, forcing the god to retreat like a cornered lion. Bob stumbled away from the battle, his t- saber-toothed cat at his side. Percy gave them as much cover as he could, causing blood vessels in the ground to burst at one after the other. Some monsters were vaporized in the stick's water. Other, others got a, cock- a cockatus shower and collapsed, weeping hopelessly. Others were doused with liquid left and stared blankly around them, no longer sure where they were or who, or even who they were. Bob limped to the doors. Old golden ichor flowed from the wounds on his arms and chest. His janitor's outfit hung in tatters. His posture was twisted and hunched. As if Tartarus is breaking the spear, had broken something inside him. Despite all that, he was grinning, his silver eyes bright with satisfaction. Go, he ordered. I will hold the button. Percy gawked at him. Bob, you're in no condition. Percy! Ambit's voice threatened to break. She hated herself for letting Bob do this, but she knew it was the only way. We have to. "'We can't just leave them. You must, friend.' Bob clapped Percy on the arm, nearly knocking him over. "'I can still press a button, and I have a good cat to guard me.' Small Bob the saber-toothed tiger growled in agreement. "'Besides,' Bob said, "'it is your destiny to return to the world. "'Put an end to this madness of Gaia.' A screaming cyclops sizzling from poison spray sailed over their heads, Fifty yards away, the Maonian dracon trampled through monsters, its feet making sickening, squish-squish noises as of stomping grapes. On its back, Damason yelled insults and jabbed at the god of the pit, taunting Tartarus farther away from the doors. Tartarus lumbered after him, his iron boots making craters in the ground. You cannot kill me, he bellowed. I am the pit itself. You might as well try to kill the Earth. Gaia and I, we are eternal. We own you, flesh and spirit. He brought down his massive fist, but Domison sidestepped, impaling his javelin in the side of Tartarus' neck. Tartarus growled, apparently more annoyed than hurt. He turned his swirling vacuum face toward the giant, but Domison got out of the way in time. A dozen monsters were sucked into the vortex and disintegrated. Bob, don't! Percy said, his eyes pleading. He'll destroy you permanently. No coming back. No regeneration. Bob shrugged. Who knows what it will be? You must go now. Tartarus is right about one thing. We cannot defeat him. We can only buy you time. The doors tried to close on Annabeth's foot. Twelve minutes, said the titan. I can give you that. Percy, hold the doors. Annabeth jumped and threw arms around the titan's neck. She kissed his cheek, her eyes so full of tears she couldn't see straight. Bob's stubbly face smelled of cleaning supplies, fresh lemony furniture polish, and Murphy oil wood soap. Monsters are eternal, she told him, trying to keep herself from sobbing. We will remember you and Thomason as heroes. As the best titan and the best giant. We'll tell our children we'll keep the story alive someday. You will regenerate. Bob ruffled her hair. Smile lines crinkled around his eyes. That is good. Until then, my friends, tell the sun and stars hello for me. And be strong. This may not be the last sacrifice you must make to stop Gaia. He pushed her away gently. No more time. Go. Annabeth grabbed Percy's arm. She dragged him into the elevator car. She had one glimpse of the Maonian dragon sh- shaking an ogre like a sock puppet. Domuson jabbing at Tartarus' legs. The god of the pit pointed at the doors of death and yelled, Monsters! Stop them! Small Bob, the saber tooth crouched and snarled, ready for action. Bob winked at Annabeth. Hold the doors closed on your side, he said. They will resist you, passage. Hold them. The panels... Slid shut. And that's the end of chapter 71. Wow. That definitely was a very emotional chapter, if I do say so myself. It was a very short chapter, but it nonetheless delivered on the emotional part. Um, I also have the same hopes that Bob... Bob the small cat and Domison will all be able to regenerate sometime and meet Annabeth and Percy and the rest of the gang again sometime soon Um, it's definitely I think that it's that was definitely you could see all the sacrifices all the relationships being highlighted there there itself Bob felt like betrayed he he felt betrayed by percy knowing that he was the one who made him forget his memories but nonetheless their relationship developed still and it still grew stronger percy was willing to fight for bob die for bob and bob was willing to do is willing to do the same thing now and it's crazy i think that uh the th- that just shows how Strong relationships can take you very, very far. Strong, well-built relationships. They did get on a rocky start, but that friendship will, will last lifetimes, eons. And if Percy and Annabeth are, are ever able to see Bob and Domison and small Bob the Cat again, I'm sure that they will all re- will be very, very happy. And I really hope that for them. So yeah, that is the end in terms of the reading. Now we're going to move on to our Q&A session and our shout-out session. Uh, Once again, I would like to to give the disclaimer that if I miss your question or if I miss your name, do please let me know and I will try my best to get you in the next episode. However, disclaimer on the questions, uh, at the moment I'm not uh, answering any personal questions, so if I don't answer a question um, that may seem a bit uncomfortable for me to answer, Um, don't be hurt. Uh, I'm just, you know, right now at the moment, I'm not feeling comfortable enough to be able to reveal my personal information, but hopefully in the future, I'll be able to reveal a bit by bit as the years go on. But yeah, for now, uh, you are free to ask any other questions. Just, I didn't want anybody to be, to feel hurt if I wasn't able to answer their question. So yeah, moving on. So now let's first start off with our shout-outs. We have Elite Gamer and Lua Cassell. Thank you guys. Now moving on to the questions. We have number 1, what's your favorite emoji? Um I like the first one. The first emoji that you see were just the smile and the dots. I think that it's it's there's a lot of humor in that. If you I, I use it a lot when I'm, you know, talking about some like If I, like, say, for example, oh, I have a lot of work, um, I put that thing next to it, and it makes it a bit more funnier. I think that it's, it's a very good humor indicator. Um, I don't take it for its literal meaning, I take it for its, because it's, it looks fun, it's a, it's a funny emoji. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, next question is, can you read Trials of Apollo? Yes, I can. I do believe a lot, a lot of people have been saying that Trials of Apollo is after this series, so if it is, then I will, I am definitely going to read it. Uh, I want to make sure that I read everything in order and then start moving on to the spinoff books so that there's some co- continuation there. And then, um, I do know that, uh, I did uh, see that someone mentioned a book that actually explains how Percy met Bob or I, should I say Iapetus and made him forget all his memories. I would love to read those. Um, that'll probably be a season within its own in this podcast, but yeah for sure near near the end i'd probably i i'll probably read all the spin-off books and uh, regarding the kane chronicles and all of the other uh series that rick Riordan has ri- has written um i'll definitely be considering that as too because uh i've mentioned before i'm a huge fan of mythology so the more the merrier for me i would love to read all of them uh next question is do you have a discord server um i don't have one yeah but I think I, I, I'm I considering potentially putting out a poll um, to have a form of social media to provide updates potentially on the podcast and everything. So you guys are well and more informed on everything. So stay tuned for that. Uh, next question is, what are the hottest predictions for the next part of the book? Hmm. It's going to be fascinating, I think. My, my predictions are that... I think the part that's going to stand out to me the most is where we had, I believe, the fire and storm part of the prophecy and that one is going to survive and one is going to die. I think potentially what could happen is when they're killing Gaia... And they said that, you know, the Greeks and the Romans need to unite. It might potentially be that, you know, the Romans might give the final blow or the Greeks might give the final blow just because that they needed to unite for some reason and they will unite because prophecies are almost like they they have the 99.99% accuracy. So it's most definitely what's going to happen is that is what's going to occur. Uh, that either the Greeks will deliver the last blow or the Romans will deliver the, bla- the, the last uh, blow. But overall, I think that's going to be definitely a very fascinating ending. And it's going to end in a way that we kind of expected, but also not. I feel like it will leave that, uh, that feeling for us. Next question is Can you play the Sibelius violin Con- concerto? Um. I cannot. I actually... Uh, I'm very new to learning the violin. I'm still in the early stages of it. So I'm not able to play that yet. But if I am able to... And once I get used to playing it enough, practicing enough... I will try my... I will for sure learn it. And try my best. Try my hand at it. Um, so yeah. Thank you for the recommendation. Uh, next question is... What character do you find more interesting? Um... For me, personally, it's Leo, just because of his humor. I love humor. Um, so I... Uh, Leo just... His humor appeals to me. And his energy and everything appeals to me a lot more. And so, yeah. I, I think, personally, for me, it's uh, it's better to... It's better for me. I, I like seeing him make his jokes, his personality. And sometimes I can relate to him a bit more than the other characters. So that's who my... Uh, favorite character is out of the seven, but that doesn't mean that the other six, including Nico, are not bad. It's just Leo is my favorite. Uh, next question is, what has been your favorite PJ book that you have read so far? Uh, my favorite one was The Lost Hero. That was definitely that. That was that was a that was a good time. I, I think every uh, while I was reading that, I would always say, "Wow, that was that was funny." um, So yeah, big humor person. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, next question is, what motivated you to read Percy Jackson and start a podcast? Well, I've already, I've always had an interest in mythology, and I just loved studying mythology ever since I was little as well, and it's, it's just been a wonderful time for me. It's something that I genuinely loved reading about, and I knew that I, I slowly learned about Percy Jackson and its whole Greek-Roman multiverse that it had and it was very fascinating for me and uh as i said in the previous episodes i tried reading it once um but i tried skimming in through skimming through it and then i didn't like it but uh now when i want when i when i when, I, when we look at it now um a few years later i like uh i wanted to restart reading the podcast i fe- uh, not the podcast the books I felt that I didn't give it enough of a chance, so I decided that I wanted to give it another shot, and I also did want to start a podcast because I wanted to, um, I think it was very fascinating because I had some insecurities regarding my voice, so I wanted to embrace that aspect of myself by having a podcast, and I think that it has not only helped me on this journey, but it has also g- helped me give a, another reason to read Percy Jackson, and I completely love the books, the series is amazing, so I think that this was, this, this podcast as a whole taught me a lot of things, and it really helped me in that kind of sense. Uh, next question is, do you like crafting? Yes, I do, I really like, uh, I, I do enjoy uh, crafting. Next question is, what is the most heroic action the main characters have done? Um, let's see. I don't know if this would count as heroic, but what I would see as heroic is when Percy and Annabeth fell into Tartarus. Now, I don't remember which one fell first. I think it was Annabeth. And Percy realized that I'm not going to do this again. I need to follow Annabeth. And so he jumped in with her. And I think that looks heroic to me more than romantic. It does. It is. Ro- it is romantic in a way, but in another way, it is heroic. It's taking that step forward because Tartarus is torture. It is literal torture. So he stepped into torture just so he could not let go of Annabeth again. I think that that was heroic on Percy's part, and I think that that definitely was. You know. It it was definitely one of the more one of the more heroic things that I've seen so far, um, within this book. Another one was the was Lucas Stellan when he decided to um, sacrifice himself because Kronos was in his body. Um, that was probably one of the top most heroic things as well. Um, that definitely makes the top of the list. Next question is, what book series would you recommend for high level readers? Um it depends what age range these high-level readers are, if that makes sense. Um, if you're just looking for some good books and you're, you know, in, you know, you're just looking for some good books, uh, I'd probably recommend Spy School. I've heard that's a very good series, a really fun series to read. It's by Stuart Gibbs, I believe. Um, I've heard that, it's a very it's it's it, there's a lot of books in it and you have all of these different you know versions of the spy school so if you're into uh, that kind of stuff where it's about spies heists stuff like that i highly recommend you check that out Uh next question is are you going to read chalice of the gods next um i believe that's a spin-off book uh but as i said uh in the previous questions um, I'm going to start all the spin off series in the later seasons uh, so that I'm able to finish the whole chronicles, the, the entire chronicle of the Percy Jackson and the Heroes of Olympus series, and um, Apollo Trials of Apollo and Magnus Chase, and then move on to the spin off books and hopefully start a Kane Chronicles. Next question is Where do you think the podcast will be in five to ten years, and where do you hope for it to be? Um, for five to 10 years, I honestly, I just hope that I've provided a platform where people are, are having fun. They're having fun engaging with this podcast, listening to this podcast and overall just finding a place where they can listen to their favorite books being read and enjoy, you know, the occasional screaming and the, uh, occasional laughing and sound effects. And I just hope that I'm able to provide that uh, opportunity and space for people to be able to be in. So that's what I hope it's become. And that's what I also see it becoming. I I think hope in, in five to 10 years, I I hope that it's become a, a safe space for a lot of people. So, yeah. That's it. That. So that is the end of the Q and A session. I enjoyed the answering these questions. I hope I, I hope you guys enjoyed and uh, listening to the, uh, my answers as much as I enjoyed answering these questions. And next week we will continue with reading chapter seventy two and onwards. So until next week, stay safe and stay out of border.